Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks, you know, it is Sunday fun day, but let's just talk about what, what went down last night. I, you know, I, 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 I already knew I needed to open up the show with this, but can we just fire Brandon Staley? Can, can we just get this over with? Because I know the Spanos family is cheap, and I know they don't like paying money. So it, the, the Sean Payton deal... Maybe getting too rich for their blood. So now they may have to go to a backup plan. But the fact that you have Justin Herbert on a rookie contract and this schmuck ruining his rookie contract deal, where now you're you're going to have to start letting guys go that should be playing better than they are. So it's not even like they're ruining contract, but they're not getting coached up properly. Brandon Staley has to go. Like... You are up 27 nothing over the Jaguars and somehow managed to lose this game. Uh, you know, this was supposed to be like a news recap of some of the other stuff I wanted to get to in, in, in addition to just referencing what I had already mentioned for this, these NFL games. But Brandon Staley effed this up so horrifically that I actually have to lead off with Brandon Staley being a complete jackass even more than normal. Because he somehow managed to blow a 27-0 lead with a Jags team. The Jaguars had one of the worst openings I've ever seen from an NFL team. Justin, uh, I mean, I'm saying Justin Herbert. Trevor Lawrence was so jittery. He threw multiple interceptions in the first quarter. We had three first quarter interceptions. The Jags had five we had a we had a plus five turnover margin for the Chargers, and they somehow managed to lose this game. Do you do you know how hard that is to be up? Like I, I'm not even sure we ever had a game in NFL history where a team has had a plus five turnover margin and somehow lost the game. I'm pretty sure that's the first time ever in NFL, at least for the playoffs. Maybe in the regular season, but for the playoffs. You somehow lose a game where you you are up five in the turnover margin? It, it should never happen. 
it's it is inexplicable. And also the fact that Austin Eckler is your best player. He is your best player. He he cannot get a single care. No carries for the second half for Eckler. Uh, this is just, it is beyond inexcusable. It's beyond inexcusable how, how the Chargers lost this game. I can't, I can't put into words just how tilting it was watching this game because I'm just as annoyed at watching this game as Al Michaels was calling it because this was not a good football game. Everyone wants to talk about, oh, what a great comeback. Well, it's not a comeback. It's not a comeback. It's just, it's a complete and utter miserable slog of the Chargers shooting themselves in just in the crotch repeatedly. I, I, I want to know like how many useless three-step drops the Chargers did trying to chuck the ball to crowded wide receivers. You can use screen passes to Eckler. Like there are ways of putting Keenan Allen in the slot. There are so many things the Chargers could have done to actually alleviate the situation that they refuse to do. Like it's beyond inexcusable how dysfunctional the Chargers offense was because they keep trying to, like they keep trying to make these intermediate passing routes work when you're up three scores. Just run the clock. You need to run the clock. You need to keep the clock moving. The clock is your friend. You use the clock as a weapon against the other team. The Chargers are just chucking, 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 and allowed the Jags to hang around because it was 27-7 at halftime. They gave up a cheap touchdown at the end of the half. And then the Jags were able to get another touchdown, try to go for two, which we we, we always make fun of. Like, I'm I'm not even going to get into this. I'm not even going to get into the fact that Doug Peterson, everyone's talking about, oh, what a call to go for two. If he kicked the extra point and he kicked the other extra point, they'd be in the exact same freaking spot. Like, it has nothing to do with him going for two. Like, I'm tired of doing this rant. But literally, this was just the Chargers inexplicably cannot like they're trying to run out of formations you're not supposed to run out of so like they're literally running out of suboptimal running formations when they're up multiple scores they're trying to run with the not correct personnel so they don't have the proper blocking personnel that's one of the reasons why they're struggling to run the ball so much is they're running out of shitty formations like just point blank they're not going to jumble formations. Yeah, you like. Are you telegraphing run plays if you're if you're going with a, your larger package? Yeah, but it's the job of the other team to stop you when you go big. The Chargers didn't even try that. Like the Chargers just try to like go in passing formations and try to run out of it with three wide receivers. Like it, it's just it is hard watching NFL and covering the NFL to the extent I do. And see professional teams run so haphazardly where it makes no rhyme or reason as to how they're approaching the game. It is inexcusable. It's utterly inexcusable how the Chargers the Chargers 
again, I'm I'm being perfectly blunt here. The Chargers had a plus five turnover ratio. They had a they they even got a benefit of a punt dunk plunking off of a dude's helmet and they recovered the fumble. Like th- there were so many screw ups by the Jags that the epicness of how badly the Chargers fumbled that game away. It, like you can't put into words how freaking annoying that game was because both teams deserved to lose that game. The Jags have no business playing next week. The Chargers definitely have no business playing next week. That was one of the worst played games I've ever seen. And that was a playoff game on national TV. Everyone wants to talk about how exciting the comeback was. That's not a comeback. That's just a fuck up. Like, it's just colossal in that. Like, it's it's just an extended, like, just extended. Extended, like just malfeasance, uh, coaching malfeasance going on there. There's so many ways the Chargers could have uh, uh, put that game away with actual uh, proper play calling, and they're just outright refusal to do the basics. It's just infuriating watching that and try to break it down from a technical aspect because it's one of the worst coaching jobs I have ever seen from a professional team. Like, that was not a professional game of football. I'm sorry. Like, I'm being perfectly blunt. That was not a professional game of football. You can have missteps and miscalculations of what's going on. Like, that can happen. And by the way, the the, the line ended up closing with the Chargers' favor by two. Which, again, I disagreed with vehemently. But... There were people live betting Chargers' money line at minus 12... Thousand, which is one of the dumbest things possible. Someone lost over a million dollars betting live betting on the Chargers, even though they were only going to win maybe ten grand. You deserve to lose your million, by the way, for doing that. Like, there is no bet worth taking a minus twelve thousand um, with a sports book. No, no, no. Like, not twelve minus twelve hundred minus twelve thousand. There is no bet worth taking. I'm sorry. There, it, it's not worth it. Things happen in sports. That should never happen. Now there are people who are victory lapping because they took the the uh, the uh, the plus ten thousand side with the Jags. Uh, you shouldn't be victory lapping that either because the Jags needed to lose that game. There are just too many things going on where you know how poorly coached the Chargers are that Brandon Staley should not be the head coach of the Chargers past Monday. If he if he survives Monday, it's a bigger indictment on the Chargers organization as a whole than anything else I can actually say about them being cheapskates. Because if you can actually tolerate that, man, you like pretty much anybody can walk over you as an employee. Because that again, the Chargers are a Super Bowl-built roster with a quarterback on a rookie deal. They should be making playoff runs to the AFC title game the last two years. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They blew a 27-point lead in the wildcard round on the road because they screwed around so much during the regular season that they had to play on the road. 
yeah, yeah. You could say the Chiefs are so good. The Chiefs are not that good this year. The Chiefs are vulnerable. The Chiefs are where they are because of the fact that there are so many screw-ups in the AFC that the Chiefs basically take advantage of uh, teams screwing up that they get by um, by the simple fact that, you know, at the end of the day, they can get away with um, uh, their talent and just being smarter than everybody else. I want to be clear here. In terms of just the magnitude of the screw-up, because this is, I mean, we've seen some, we've seen, I mean, we've seen the 28 to three from the, uh, from the Falcons. And we, we talk about that. I mean, I talk about that all the time about how Kyle Shanahan like thinks about that game every time he's coaching because he's learned that harsh lesson about what happens when you screw around with teams that when you know, you need to put the game away. Like this Charger squad, they've blown uh, double-digit leads over the past two years, like like giving away candy. The, the the if as I said, if Brandon Staley is still employed by the end of the day Monday, it's an bigger indictment on the Chargers organization than anything else I could say. It, like anything else I could say, it's it, it is profoundly disturbing you can blow a 27 nothing lead and this is a non like people are like and again it came out of the woodworks with uh uh the staley folks uh and the the defenders and like his coaching tree from um mcveigh like they're all trying to back him it's like oh he's a good guy that expectations the expectations are different and again, it's a non-media market, so like there are no Chargers fans uh, to speak of in L.A. The San Diego fans are still pissed that they left, so they don't really have a true fan base to get get on their ass. And the media's not going to check them because no one really cares about the Chargers. They they would care more about the Raiders than they would the Chargers. It's it's not a football town, so they they can get away with it. This is more of a national sort. But if we're holding them. Uh, uh, the Spanos family accountable. There, there is no way Brandon Staley should last past the end of the day Monday. There, there, there's no way. There's no way he should be able to uh, last past the end of the day Monday as the head coach. It, it's just that simple. All right. So, some of the other news items I wanted to get to before I talk about and just again recap some of the stuff I talked about from the NFL. Um, uh, Francis Ngannou and the UFC have agreed to a termination of contract. So um, Ngannou is free to pursue career opportunities elsewhere in the fighting championship. And now the heavyweight champion of the world has been stripped of his belt by the UFC. Uh, Dana White and the UFC, whom uh, I didn't I didn't get a chance to talk about this, um, given everything that I had going on the last week and a half, but... The the puff pieces covering Dana White. I mean, Dana White slapping his wife in public and not even getting so much as a reprimand is stunning. Not the fact that he didn't get punished. It's the fact that no one in the media really is talking about it. 
Like, ESPN seems scared to death of pissing off Dana White with negative press coverage. Uh, you know, because Dana White's saying, oh, well, if I, if, I, if, I, if I punish myself, that only hurts the UFC brand. Um, Dana has other par- uh, bosses at Endeavor. Like, as a company, uh, as a hedge fund, like, y- you guys good with having a, a public em- uh, a public facing employee, like, smacking his wife in, in public and no one doing anything about, like, again, what's it say about your culture? That basically some guys are untouchable. Like, that's how, let's be honest here. That's how the Harvey Weinstein stuff kind of was allowed to perpetuate itself for years. And I'm not saying that Dana White's like uh, a sexual predator or anything like that. But the pervasive blase attitude of, yeah, you know, that's just Dana. Like, you know, things happen. That That's how you get that. When you get those scandals down the line of, oh, wait a second, what the, what the hell happened here? That's where it starts from. When you like start looking past stuff and just say, "Well, you know, it is what it is." Like we 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 can't do anything else. It's just wild. So there's the Dana White not getting any kind of reprimand or you know time away or suspension, fine. I mean, even if you're not going to suspend him, at least fine to do. Like what what is this? Like like what is what are we doing here? Like just utterly bizarre. And it's not covered. Not covered. ESPN not covering it. CBS didn't cover it. Fox didn't cover it for certain. Nobody in the major media covers it. It's like you're trying to treat the UFC like a major sport. What major sport can have uh, the commissioner or the CEO like assault their wife in public and no one says anything or has an outcry? Like, I'm just saying. It, 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 it is what it is. But, it, like... That was wild, um, seeing the lack of coverage. Uh, and then, you know, I, 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 I'm going to say this to my soccer friends. Um, well, first, um, yeah, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. Uh, before I get to the soccer stuff. Um, so, Nganu's gone from the UFC. And then... The UFC and John Jones agreed to an eight-year contract extension. I mean, talk about Dan White sweeping things under the rug. Uh, you, you, you try to bury Ngannou and say Ngannou is too scared to compete in the division, and then you bring in John Jones off of basically a three-year layover where you swore you would never work with John Jones again, and now you're, you're saying, "Oh, I can't wait to bring him back." And like it, it is just wild how like this UFC news cycle has gone on. So th- for those of you who don't recall, John Jones, whom I consider to be the greatest pound for pound fighter in UFC history, um, you know, was middleweight, then uh, was the long standing light heavyweight champion of the world. Um, well, actually, no, did he, did Jones start at, I thought he had two fights at middleweight, then he moved up to light heavyweight. Pretty sure that was the case. Anyway, um, Wait, no, no, it was four, man, I, I gotta look at uh, Jones' track record again. I think it was the first five or six fights at middleweight before he moved up to light heavyweight. But anyway, um, long-standing light heavyweight champion, stripped of the belt numerous times for numerous off-the-field 
transgressions. I'll leave it at that. Uh, not Deshaun Watson type transgressions, but it wasn't that. Uh, wouldn't it shock me either if uh, Bones uh, uh, had something reported similar uh, of that nature, given uh, some of the things he, he's got going on. But, you know, John Jones coming back, um, kind of wild, in my opinion. Um, you're going to get a fight with Cyril Gan to start off for the interim belt because uh, they shifted from Nganu. Uh Dana White says Jones is the highest paid heavyweight in UFC history. So basically he's saying Nganu would have been the highest paid heavyweight in history. So was he going to pay Nganu more than John Jones? I doubt it. But since we never know what the uh, true contract figures are in the USC. You, we'll, we'll never actually know uh, if Dana was lying or not uh, about what Ngano was offered. But um, yeah, uh, very unique day in the UFC, uh, to say the least, uh, with the news breaking yesterday about um, Ngano getting released from his contract and then um, John Jones coming back. Very interesting news in time for the UFC. All right, um, moving on, because uh, I know my soccer friends wanted to talk about um, the Premier League. Arsenal's still at the top of the table. Manchester City somehow losing to United. United back in the top four. Uh, well, they were in the top four, but now they're top three. Uh, uh, point behind City. Um, uh, just a very weird situation where you know Arsenal's at the top of the league table and I I want to be clear here because you know folks what I keep saying is like you know when could we start talking about there were 38 games in the Premier League season we are barely at like we aren't even at twenty, uh, so like basically we we are at eighteen games played. Um, we're at eighteen games played. You know, it, it yeah. Could Arsenal win the league at this point? Yeah, but there's so much football left to be played. You know, if Arsenal beat Tottenham today, they're eight points clear of Manchester City. It's a Big lead. But crazier things have happened in the Premier League. I've been watching the Premier League for over 30 years. Weird things happen. Like, I I, like I, I think folks get way too carried away with how the table looks at a given moment. Realistically, from the points of cruel uh, through the first 15 games, it's hard, it's hard to lose a lead position. But it's not the craziest thing in the world either. So I think people need to bear in mind, we aren't even halfway through the year yet. We got the winter months coming through. You know, we still don't know what the long-term effects of the World Cup are going to be because you you played a a true World Cup in the middle of the season. Player legs are going to get tired. Rotation is going to matter even more so than in most years. You know, the depth of rosters are going to matter. And City still has the deepest roster in the Premier League far and away. No matter how many more millions of dollars Chelsea wants to spend, because I think we're north of, uh, I think we're going to clear north of $800 million Chelsea has spent 
in the past six months on players and still are mid-table, which, again, um, probably is more of a testament to Roman Abramovich than anything else that all these other dudes try to pretend to be him and failing miserably. Um, uh, but, it, you know, again, there's a lot of Premier League football left to be played. Uh, I will cover the Premier League in greater detail as football season winds down. But uh, I know people want to talk about it. It's like, we have no idea how this uh, North London derby could go. Arsenal could lose uh, on the road at at, uh, uh, at Spurs, and it wouldn't shock me. Now, given the form Spurs has been playing in, um, I, I have no idea what Spurs team we're going to get. But, uh, you know, because that Villa loss that they had was one of the most atrocious <laughs> one of the most atrocious performances of the Premier League season by far. Um but uh yeah it it's it's interesting to say the least uh how the Premier League is shaping up but long way to go. Anyway, um getting back into the NFL um we're gonna take a quick break, circle back with uh again my my thoughts on the NFL uh based off what I seen yesterday and how I think today's gonna play out. We'll get some thoughts again, recap everything and uh, come back. But uh, we'll be back shortly, so stick around. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, we are back. And, you know, basically where I kind of want to uh, talk about uh, was, you know, few notes. Uh, so Dory Jackson, cornerback uh, for the Giants, is uh, slated to come back into the fold against the Vikings today. Again, I, I, I told you guys from the outset, I think the, the team most likely to lose this weekend was the Vikings. Um, that was a favorite, you know. 
I, I, I still maintain that. I, you know, could the Vikings win this game? Absolutely. But I think this game's close, and I think, you know, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, it's it's the popular public pick. The experts are on it, so, like, if we're all on it, usually that means it backfires and somehow Minnesota has a monster game. But you haven't seen it from the Vikings. Like, they haven't shown the wherewithal to do the little things that they need to do to take care of business. Like, that's the problem. They haven't shown it at all. So to me, it's one of those cases where I'm not, I, I, I am just not sold that, uh, you know, they take care of business here. I'm just not. So when I, when I have to come back and look, look at what we're going to get, uh, from these teams, I expect more screw ups from the Vikings. And I expect that, you know, the uh, the Giants are gonna play solid, you know. They're they're not gonna be, you know, they're not gonna be like the the cleanest team. They're not, uh, you know, the Giants like, uh, but the Giants' mistakes are limited to not necessarily being bad. Uh, well, no, it, it is the, them being bad in general, like their talent level. I should say, uh, it's not a. a it's not necessarily sins of commission; it's more sins of omission because they can't necessarily make some of the plays um, because of a skill gap difference um, that leads to uh, some of their miscues. But they can do basic stuff enough, and this Vikings team stinks at the basics. They're not, they're not good with the basics. So for me, this is just one of those cases where. I am still heavily on the Giants. We'll see how it goes, but I'm definitely on the Giants. Uh, I think the Bills game is closer than people expect. Uh, so I got no issues. Um, if you played the parlays, like um, I mean the teasers, uh, you already got on the plus side of the Jags. I still like the Dolphin side of it. But if you're li- listening as a three-team teaser, then I would go... Um, Dolphins and Giants and call it a day. Um, I'm just not sold on this uh, this Raven situation. Like we got a real chance that Tyler Huntley doesn't even play tonight, and it's the third string QB. And Anthony Brown, you know, I know I was talking about the guys, but Anthony Brown legitimately doesn't really throw the ball. Um, so we we could get like one of those situations where it's like a Malik Willis will. Uh, as a kind of a game where, yeah, the Titans eventually having to bench him because they didn't trust him to throw the ball more than five yards down the field. Um, I, I, you know, so it's tough to give a read on the Raven situation because I don't know if they're trying to slow play us or uh, Huntley is legitimately that jacked up. But um, the, the story that I think people need to pay attention to is the fact that Lamar Jackson did not travel with the Ravens to Cincinnati which is weird because he traveled with them to Cincinnati for last week or for week 18. So why is he not there? Like, it's a weird, it's a very weird situation between Lamar and the Ravens. I don't know if the Ravens told Lamar not to show up, but it's a bad, it's a weird look. It's a weird look. I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's a weird look. Um, Lamar not being there. So don't know what to make of it, but 
it was interesting to say the least, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I'll. Uh, so again, I like the Giants. Um, I think the Dolphins keep it close, but I still expect the Bills to win. I just don't expect the Bills to cover uh, because that spread is still massive. I, I think the Dolphins cover it. Um, but um, if you want to take a stab on throwing the uh, the, uh, the Dolphins uh, in, into uh, a teaser with the Giants, um, I don't necessarily have. Uh, I don't necessarily have. A huge problem with it, but I don't think it's necessary. I think you might as well just bet the Giants outright rather than trying to mess around with a Dolphins teaser. I, I would just rather bet the Giants money line outright. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, still way too not enough news on the Ravens side. I'm not recording later on because I'm going to be preoccupied with the Giants game that I am just not going to be able to get to the Ravens-Cincinnati game. But in terms of roster construction for showdown, I would say focus on um, you're either going to get a T. Higgins game or Jamar Chase game. Chase is the more likely side. Could you play Joe Burrow? Absolutely. But I think it's a case where (coughs) you can play Chase up top. You play Mark Andrews because... The Ravens got to throw to someone, and even if it's dump offs to Mark Andrews, I think Mark Andrews is viable. Um, the only question is, do you want to play Joe Mixon or not? I am more inclined to playing Joe Mixon, um, just because I know you can run on the Ravens. Even though Joe Mixon does not have a good track record against the Ravens, I get if you want to fade Mixon and just play Dobbins instead. Um, I'm not going to begrudge it, but if the Bengals get up early by a decent number. Dobbins could be utterly useless in the matchup uh, because I'm not entirely sold that the Ravens give him 20 carries, even though he, logically you would think the Ravens would give him 20 plus carries with no Lamar. It hasn't necessarily been the case. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily sold on that front. So um, that's how I would, uh, uh, build out roster construction for showdown tonight for Ravens and Cincinnati. And then for the Tampa Dallas game, uh, you know, again, I-, I could see this sledgehammer going a couple of different ways, but I'm probably going to be more inclined to play the kickers and the captain. Not, and it's a dangerous proposition, but I don't think it's that dangerous because, um, Tampa has allowed a ton of points to field goal kickers. Like they'll, uh, similar to the Vikings, they'll give up chunks of yards and then hope that they can slow you down enough that you just kick a field goal. So um, Brett Maher, um, you can contemplate in the captain um, because building with CD Lamb just makes it really tough. You're gonna have to rely on like um, cheap dart throws, like uh, a Kate Otten. At eighteen hundred to make it work in the flex, or a pender shot at two hundred, or Ferguson at two hundred, like, or even the camera break. Like, you got to rely on really cheap players to make it work. But it makes more sense taking the Cowboys side of things, where you got Dalton Schultz and uh, between Ferguson and Hendershot uh, to play those guys in the flex. 
Um, speaking of uh, Schultz, I would be tempted to play Dalton Schultz in the captain, except for the fact that there's so much of a connection with, uh, where Dak is proactively trying to get the ball to CD that I have a harder time um, prioritizing Schultz because Schultz is not cheap. Schultz is over 6K on showdown. So even as I'm recording a Sunday, maybe my thoughts change, but you know, it's tough working in Schultz unless you play a kicker or uh, play one of the cheaper tight ends. And like, I don't feel like double dipping with the uh, two tight ends from Dallas, even against Tampa, because it's harder to get there with tight ends because the volume isn't necessarily there from a target share standpoint compared to the wide receivers. So I would almost rather play T.Y. Hilton in the captain as opposed to Schultz. And that way, if I play Hilton, um, again, they kind of negatively correlate, but um, at least if I play Hilton, I can fit in Schultz and CD together with Dak and then run it back with um, some cheap plays on the Tampa side. But again, it's so unbalanced that I don't think you can fit in CD Lamb and Schultz. And I'd rather play Lamb. So, you know, I, that's a, it's a whole lot to say that uh, it depends on how you want to uh, build out your roster. But you can't fit everyone, and you're going to have to make some sacrifices in terms of your roster construction. But, the, uh, you know, I still think there's a scenario where the Bucks uh, take care of business and roll easily over the Cowboys. I could see the Cowboys... And in particular, Dak having a monster game and just crushing me. Uh, and Cowboys fans dialing me up and talking about how about them Cowboys. I could see that too. But, you know, it's uh, it's not... Um, I, I, I still don't think it's the... Uh, I, I don't think it's as one-sided as it could be. I think this is just ends up being a tight game... Um, throughout um, the contest, and you know, eventually it it, it gets settled by field goals um, between Dallas and Tampa. I like I I don't necessarily see one team pulling away from the other, but man, they play such bad football that I can't be shocked if someone gets stomped because again, we've seen some awful awful football uh, football from both teams, so. Uh, it's a it's an interesting game to say the least. So anyway, uh, in terms of the variance, like there's a wide spectrum of outcomes in that game more than any other uh, game this weekend, in my opinion, between Tampa and Dallas because the, the, they can run the gambit and gamut and it wouldn't necessarily shock me. So uh, that's gonna do it for me. I'm gonna get on out of here, but uh, thanks for listening and uh, yeah, enjoy the games, everyone. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets 
if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.